Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights, but they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy. A Derek Jeter, overrated baseball Jeter. player. You know, I, I like, I respect Jeter. I respect the captain. I mean, he had tons of hits. He had big moments in the playoffs. What I what I hate, though, for Derek Jeter, uh, out of respect, do think he was overrated. But out of respect, something that I do hate for Derek Jeter, I'm really upset that the Yankees never gave him a clean World Series championship. It breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. There. I see what you're doing there. They, they never gave him a clean title. He, he was playing with a bunch of performance-enhancing drug users that were suspended. Yankees haven't had a clean title since the late 1970s when they were led by Astro great Reggie Jackson. You know what I hate about Derek Jeter the most? He's a fraud. Oh. <laughs> that for 20-plus years, this man allowed us to believe he actually gave those women gift baskets. Mm-hmm. And then he said it's not true. He's a fraud. He let us believe that Derek Jeter was some kind of myth that he would give these supermodels gift baskets after a one night stand. I mean, he didn't create the story. He didn't deny it. No one it asked him he let, about it. He let it go for 20 years. I mean, he's not going to address it without being questioned. You don't think he was questioned about this before? I don't think. And just until recently when GQ sat him down or whatever? Tell me, why are we supposed to believe it, though? What about the limo drivers and the other guys that basically were saying that it happened? That's true. Good point. Right? So he's lying. So he's lying again. So what's he really lying about? You know, you know what also stinks he for him? He doesn't want everybody to know what he went through in no, his career. All I know is Nomar was better. So <laughs> He was not better. Nomar? Nomar was better. Maybe better at his peak. Yeah. When, when better healthy. At, boy, Nomar, not the duration imagine, of his career. Yeah, no, can no, you no. imagine Nomar with the pitch clock and the hitter's clock? Oh, oh he'd no. be screwed. He would. He'd be completely <laughs> SOL. He'd be so screwed. He would be messed. Yeah, he they would. <laughs> they should have introduced the pitch clock just for Nomar. He was out of the box for like 30 seconds at a time. Yeah. Yeah, he was gonna, so extra. Can't let like, you say that Nomar was better than Jeter. At his peak, he was. As, at his, he had a better like, year. His best year was better than Jeter's best year. I'll ever. give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Like when he was healthy, I think he was a better player. But he wasn't healthy very often. That was a problem. Junior says the careful. I might get banned for talking negative of the Yankees. I, I think I'm safe. Uh, but yeah, I feel Rob bad Manfred for Jeter. Doesn't listen to the show. He knows he's hated. <laughs> I feel bad for Jeter. They never shit. gave him a, a clean world title. Um, you know what else? Kind of like underrated stinks for Jeter. Like he leaves the Marlins and now they're a playoff team. Did, did was that what the real, Marlins needed? Because they have a real GM now. <laughs> did, did they not make it one year with him and Mattingly? I don't think so. Is yeah, that the year he no, quit? They made it in the fake year. Oh, they made that's it in right. They knocked the Cubs out of the first round. But was he round. there yet? Wasn't he no, there in twenty? I think he was still there. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But it's, it's funny he leaves and then all of a sudden they're like a really good team. Because they got a real GM. How do you say her name? I have no idea. She's the one that really wanted she a young GM of the year. prospect. And I was like, hey, Solaire, well, let's make a deal. I looked at their team. They're like, I don't know how they're good. Like, they have a rise. They have Solaire. De La Cruz has been okay. Santander. Uh, yeah, or, I mean, he, uh, he hasn't been great. No, he has. He, well, remember early in the season, he pitched that complete game. Yeah. Like a one hitter. And everybody's like, wow. And maybe he shouldn't have done that. Yuri Perez, I think, is the young phenom. But, like, they sent him down to the minors because they're, they're trying the, to monitor his innings. They're doing the Strasburg thing? It was. Uh, I don't think they're. No, they're, they're going to bring him back. But they they think they can monitor and protect him better in AAA than with the big club. Which I, I disagree. Like, figure out a way to have him pitch three innings for you every sixth day. Like, why would day. you send him down? Like, it just makes no sense. But they, that's why. That's that's what they would tell you to protect their innings. I think you can protect his innings on the big yeah, team. Well, unfortunately, they lost the kid in the boating accident too. That was a big stud. That would have been another big pitcher for that organization. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've had plenty of talent. They've had plenty of talent go through that organization. They've traded most of it. 
Uh, but they're good Still this year. Jam. Once Jeter's gone, but here was uh, he's hurt. I know he can't stay healthy. Uh, here I'm was Derek Jeter, who's now with uh, Fox. He now works on Fox with A Rod, which is interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. You have A Rod, PED user, David Ortiz, alleged PED user, and then Derek Jeter, clean as a whistle. Clean as a whistle. Although he's never won a clean World Series title. But here's what he had to say about who he still thinks is the best team in the American League. You know, I think, look, you know, people are going to talk about pitching, they're going to talk about hitting, they're going to talk about defense. I still think the Houston Astros are the best team built for the postseason. Mm-hmm. In the American League because um, they have experience and you can't say enough about having experience of being there before and I think once they get to the postseason which everyone expects them to that's when they're actually relaxed and the number one reason for that is Dusty Baker there you go Dusty Baker, the the catalyst to the Astros' uh, dominance in this golden era. But he says that the Astros are the team to beat in the American League. I ask you the question, Blankers, Hive, 713-780-3776, Joe George. Are the Astros, let's assume they don't make a move, are the Astros' World Series good? If they're healthy, absolutely, in my opinion, they are still the best team and the team to beat in the American League, and the title shows it aside from everything else. These guys are battle tested. They are they are game gamers, especially at the most important time of the year. A lot of these teams are a lot like what I was talking about with the Utah Jazz, especially teams like the Rays that could be absolutely fantastic in the regular season. And then when the postseason becomes a whole separate entity, they become a team that bows out early. Uh, I don't believe in the Yankees. I never will, especially this year where they've hired a now and their second hitting coach who's never coached in the major leagues before. I saw him get thrown out at first base by a left fielder yesterday on Twitter. <laughs> they're they're grasping at straws there. <laughs> Their pitching staff is always a, a jumbled mess, though everybody on MLB.com thought it was the best staff assembled in baseball. And I think that we're not talking about the World Series title. We're just talking about the American League. And if I'm going to bet on a team to win the American League, I'm going to bet on a team that won it last year, won it most every year in the last six years. I'm taking the Houston Astros. I think the Astros are World Series good as built. Like, it's not just that I'm predicting that they're going to win the World Series. I don't think that the Astros have to make a trade in order for them to have the potential to win a World Series. Like, we forget what the Astros' bullpen did last year, and I understand that Montero is not the same guy that he was last season. Uh, Stanek doesn't have the numbers that he did last season. Maton wasn't pitching last year in the playoffs, and he's been pretty good this year. The Astros' bullpen is still good enough for me that you get them in a close game, they're going to figure out a way to win it. Like, their offense, if they, in your point, if they can stay healthy, because that has been a huge question mark with this year's Astros team. Uh, can can Jordan be healthy? Because if Jordan's healthy, he can flip a game upside down. Uh, if Altuve's healthy, we've seen how clutch last year notwithstanding, how clutch that Jose Altuve can be in the playoffs. Like, they figure out how to win games. In the American League, like, you just you went down kind of the, the teams that are good in the NL. Look, I think Tampa Bay is really, really good. Do I think the Astros are capable of beating them in a seven-game series? Yeah. Baltimore, I think, is really, really good. Can the Astros beat them in a series? Yes. Toronto, yes. Yankees, yes. Texas, yes. I think the Astros are World Series good if they're healthy and if they get to the postseason without doing anything else. Do I want them to do stuff at the deadline? Yes, absolutely. But I completely agree with Derek Jeter. The fact that they have pedigree, they have players that have been there before, they have a bullpen that can shut you down, they have an ace at the very top of the staff, and they have clutch hitters in Jordan and Altuve, I think the Astros are World Series good today. Here's the other thing that factors into what you were saying. They brother-in-law better than anybody else. At a time when Altuve wasn't Altuve, Yuli became Yuli again. 
You know, they found a way at the appropriate times because of experience and, and been there, done that, and guys with ability, which they still have on this roster, that it doesn't have to always be that middle-of-the-lineup guy that's got to carry you or that clutch leadoff hitter that's got to carry you. They have so many different guys that can beat you. And now with Abreu picking it up and hitting the ball again like we thought we were getting when we got him. And you look at some of the ways that some of the younger guys have come on and advanced, like Yiner Diaz added to the mix. They have enough ways to beat you where if the left hand don't get you, then the right hand will. And that's what I think a lot of teams are lacking. They rely too much on their stars. This team is so solid from top to bottom when healthy that they don't have to make a move, and I'd still put them as the favorite to win the American League. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the Astros are World Series good. I know that people have talked about this. And the Astros didn't have a great pre-All-Star break. Why? Why weren't the Astros great pitchers pre-All-Star pit- break? Uh, pitchers weren't available. They weren't pitching their best pitchers. Their Two of their best hitters weren't available. Three, if you say Brantley is still contently, you know, in that mix, which I'm not putting him in that mix, and I uh-huh. still say this. I think that, you know, it was the midseason. When you talk about the end of the season, if we're talking about those things, then there I don't believe the Astros are the best team in the American League. If we're not talking about those things at the end of the regular season, beat us, and then I'll tell you that you're better. Yeah, the playoffs were starting today. I wouldn't love the Astros' chances. No. Like, you don't have Jordan. You don't have Altuve. You don't know what's going on with Javier. Hunter Brown is, like, in this little bit of a rookie wall area, like, but I have confidence, maybe because the Astros have been good for a very long time, and I believe in their talent. I believe in the talent of Jordan Alvarez. I believe in the talent of Jose Altuve. I believe in the talent of Fromber, Hunter Brown. Javier is kind of a curious thing. And then the bullpen's so good. Like, you start looking at the, the, the playoffs are so different than the regular season. First off, like, injuries, the biggest reason why the Astros, I think, aren't in first place. I think that you don't really have any of your guys that you – like went into the season thinking you were going to be your bell cows that are exceeding expectations. Like Bregman's not exceeding expectations. Abreu's not. Tucker's been fine, but he's not exceeding expectations. Uh, Mauricio Dubon is, but you weren't counting on Mauricio Dubon at all. Fromber's pitching to Fromber. Who'd you say? Pena. Pena's been Pena from last year. Everybody expected Pena from last year's postseason. Right. When we tried to tell you from the jump, Pena in the regular season ain't going to do that for an entire 162. And to Jeter's point about how this team's built for the postseason, like, you look how those games are scheduled. A series, a five-game series. You have you play two games off day. Two, you play the final three games. You give off days more often to this bullpen. They're going to be fresher. You can use them in more games. Whenever you're playing twelve games in twelve days during the regular season, that's when a bullpen gets taxed. You look at a seven-game series. You're playing two games off day, three games off day, two games. All of a sudden, you're throwing two off games in a period of, what is that, seven days? It gets that bullpen kind of re-energized. I trust Presley to give you an inning in the postseason. Yep. I trust Abreu. I'm trusting Naris Stanek. I'm getting more. I still I still trust him enough. So there's four guys right there. Maton? This year, yeah. Okay, let's let's even split the difference. Let's just say, let's call Stanek and Maton one guy. It's an even or. Yeah, yeah. so one yeah. one of those two guys is going to step up for you. Presley, Abreu, Neris, and then one of those guys. That's four guys. And we didn't even have to mention Montero, who was a key yeah. part of it last year. I, I don't, and I'm not going to count on him. That's no, why I didn't. He's kind of like him. Michael Brantley to me, right? That means your starter has to give you five innings. Mm-hmm. Five innings, turn it over to the bullpen. And you can do that every single game. That's what the Astros did last year to win a World Series. They did it the year that their starters couldn't end up going five innings, mm-hmm. and they still found a way to go deep into the playoffs. That's why I wouldn't mind a reliever. Because now you now you can throw a reliever into that mix that's replacing a Blanco. My starter Especially needs to go four innings. Could go more than one? Yeah. That'd be ideal. Yeah, I think that the Astros are 
World Series good, even though we, they haven't played their best. I'll give you that. They have not played their best, uh, but they're certainly capable of being the best team in the American League. 713-780-ESPN. Do you agree? Do you disagree? 713-780-3776-HRP listener line. Who are the worst fans in sports and non-sports? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, right now I'll tell you about my good friend Doc Linville. been telling you about Doc Linville for a long time too because he gets those results for you. I mean, there's a lot of people that haven't heard of and don't know what the Neograph procedure is especially if you're losing hair, have pattern baldness, or just flat out going bald and don't think there's anything you can do about it, you need to check out the Neograft and Doc Linville. Right now, if you go to uh, 975hair.com and check out the website, you can find out what the Neograft pr- procedure is. I'll give you the cliff notes, but it's really quick and easy. Genetically, you're never going to lose the hair on the sides of the back of your head, no matter how bald you go up on top. So what they do is they take some of that hair and reposition it where you need it most. Maybe it's your hairline in front. Maybe it's that bald spot on the top and back. They can take care of it, and it's taken care of for good. The hair that they're going to transplant and move is going to be there for the long haul. It's going to get stronger. It's going to get longer, and it's going to be there with you uh, the rest of your way. And that's what made a difference to me. The fact that Doc Linville told me 95 to 99% of all the follicles we move stay and grow and don't go anywhere because they're taken from the area that genetically they don't go away. So that was the one that got me over the top. I did the procedure. I couldn't be happier. You should, too, because as a listener to ESPN 97.5, when you go to 975hair.com, you get to avoid the $150 fee for meeting with Doc Linville and his staff for a consultation. You get the consultation free. You ask all the questions, get all the answers. You can make your own decision, but you're not on the hook for anything other than showing up for the visit. That's why I tell so many listeners, don't worry about anything else. What do you have to lose? The answer, absolutely nothing. What can you gain? A full head of hair again. Check them out today. Tell them I sent you by. Go to 975hair.com. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Who are the worst fans in sports? And non-sports. What do you think? Well, I mean, the easy answer in this market would be Yankees fans. We want Houston. What would you get? You got your ass handed to you on a silver platter. We want Houston. Those are stupid fans. Well, but stupid plays into it because then they also try to be tough on, you know, social media. (laughs) And, you know, and, and try to make it personal because they have nothing to stand on in terms of tangible results to why the Yankees are so great. So I think they have to be towards the top of the list. And I think to that point, any I mean, Dodgers fan base is similar, and they put people in the hospital from the for Giants fan base and other fan bases when they don't kind of go along with whatever they believe the rivalry is. If the rivalry means you take your fans out in the parking lot and beat their yeah. head in, that's pretty insanely bad that's the answer for me like if you're beating somebody up and then in some like they've killed somebody right like if you're beating somebody up and then killing them they killed them but they drastically changed the guy's life with massive head injuries brain trauma let's call it physical violence if you're physically violencing somebody because of who their sports team is that's ridiculous like you shouldn't be crossing any sort of lines to physical violence whenever you're rooting for a different sports team like 
I almost want to like disqualify that because I think we can all agree that is the worst fan that you're beating somebody up because they're wearing a different shirt or uniform than you are. Like that is the worst fan. Period. End of story. Like I think we can eliminate that for the sake of this conversation to have a little bit of fun with this conversation. Zero one seven zero. Dallas fans are the worst. Cowboy fans are the worst. A lot of people seem. Cowboys are just kind of polarizing. Like either you love them and you're a diehard cowboy fan, or you hate the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, that that's absolutely accurate. I mean, it is. There's no in between. You either, and I think it's similar with a lot of the the big, the big kahunas of professional sports for the last however many years. Cowboy fans, Yankee fans, for sure. You either love them or you despise them. Patriots fans, you either love them, and most people just live in New England, and everybody else around the country, unless you're a transplant, really despises them. Honestly, like the worst fans in sports are the ones like we've hit two of the four. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's the people out there, and we all know them. We've all met them. The people who are just total losers, and they're just bandwagon jumpers, and they root for the Yankees, the Cowboys, the Lakers, and Duke. Or those people, those because those people exist. Like those are the four teams they support the most. You were born and raised in Texas. You went to university in Kansas, and you're an LSU fan. Like those type of people. Who did that? No comment. Say it again. You you were born and raised in Texas. Okay. Went to uni at Kansas, and okay. then you're but for, you're an LSU fan. Oh, like that's kind of what you're referring to, right? Like the bandwagon fans yeah. that are fans of uh-huh. like all the best teams. Yeah. BK didn't go to LSU. <laughs> it's no one you know. Oh. Um, yeah, like uh, bandwagon fans are the worst, and then they act like they're diehards. It's like, oh yeah, I watch one game a year. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if you're gonna ju- lot, if you're gonna jump on the a, bandwagon, fully a jump on the bandwagon fans like that. They don't watch any games to have their finger on the pulse of anything their team is doing. But when they're successful, look, I've got a I've got a friend of mine that kind of like what you were just doing there from L.A. for like a, the birth to like two, but every chance that he gets to claim the Lakers and the Dodgers when they're playing, especially when they're playing Houston teams, it is like. Free-for-all, go out and blow your horn as loud as you can that it's the greatest city, the greatest teams, the greatest organizations, and suck it, and then disappears whenever they lose. Those are the worst to deal with because it's like you know he's coming back around the minute that maybe the the Dodgers get the series, the season, the season series against the Astros. But you know in the playoffs, if the Dodgers disappear, suddenly he's off social media and not, not responding to texts for like three, four, five days. Yeah, those are bad. Like the Twitter, the Twitter hardos too that are like, "Oh, you're a moron, you're a dummy, you can go blah 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 blah." blah. Why can't there, we just have a conversation? Not, Why can't we just not chat? a ton of that? Is there? Why can't we just chat a little bit, have a little good conversation? Mitchell on the Twitch: Worst fans in basketball, Knicks and Lakers. Worst fans in football, the Cowboys. Worst fans in baseball, Yankees and Dodgers. Worst fans in soccer, Real Madrid, Arsenal, and PSG. Um, there's one here saying Boston fans. Ooh. Boston fans cross a lot of lines. Some of them are racial? Yep. <laughs> uh, Chuck said it. I can't stand Boston fans. Went for years winning everything and still want everyone to feel sorry for them for all the years that they didn't. They had the number one seeds in uh, what, the NBA and the NHL this year. Both went home early. And they acted like it was a big deal. They were like the victims. They, they were the victims. the victims. Bill Simmons. There's literally kids out there who like they went like 15 years with one of their teams winning a championship. That dumb little kid who had a sign that's like, I've gone to a World Series for it every year I've been alive. Because <laughs> the Patriots had a bunch, the Bruins, the Celtics, the Red Sox. like They're the most spoiled fan base in all sports. 
Yeah, yeah right. They and they don't appreciate it. No, the they don't. Part. They want to fire Bill Belichick. You think it was the curse that did that to him? The curse of the Bambino? Well, I mean, well, Joe, Joe I can they, talk to you about, like, futility and curses and not winning. That's all I know of futility. But Tell when the Cubs the... won one, everybody was happy for Most the Most of them are just saying the Cubs because I'm on this show. Well, I, I understand, but I'm just saying from the standpoint, look, I don't have anything personally against the Cubs. Yeah. As I do with the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Lakers and teams like that. I was happy when the Cubs finally won one. I yeah. mean, you could you could throw Bartman into this conversation. Who were the worst fans in sports? Ones that cost their team the going far into the playoffs, or the oh, ones that's that not fair. Alou that's finally not, came out and said he didn't think he could have caught Bartman. that ball. <laughs> He's standing up for Bartman. Hell what what yeah. was worse than that? The fact that the rest of the fan base ruined the rest of his life yes. at this point. Alou's lying. He could have caught that ball. I think he could have too. It's Alex Gonzalez's fault. Yeah, I mean, kind of like the it's kind of the Buckner situation where the like Buckner gets through. too much credit. There was also or a game, too much blame. There was a game seven. Who was on the mound? I don't even remember. They lost to Beckett. But Beckett. Yeah. But like Alex Gonzalez had two errors in the next inning. Or that inning, I think. Somebody said Raider fans. They're, they're tough, everywhere. Man. Literally tough. The black hole. Oh. I mean, they're, it's brutal there. I've talked to all the different sideline reporters that have been into the black hole that have said, it's real, man. And they're throwing batteries and rocks. And not only, it's one thing to say verbal abuse with yeah. everything they're saying to you. They're literally trying to take your head off with something very, very hard that they can throw at you. I got, I got heckled at a UCF football game once, being the sideline reporter for our Houston Cougars. Go Cougs. He yelled at me. He goes, there's only two things from Texas, steers, and, mm-hmm. and I don't see any horns. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm just going to wear this one and continue walking. Yeah. You ever get heckled Central in some of your games? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah Especially UCF, like when you roll well, into Boyle, in the playoffs, bro. when you roll into – Portland or OKC, and you're wearing the Rockets red half zip when everybody in the freaking building is wearing whatever color you're playing against. Oh, you catch a lot. Corey said Eagle fans are the worst, period. Philly fans. They are general. That's pretty true. They're pretty harsh. What did they, they made the, they threw full cans of beer at the Vikings fan that was like 80 some years old walking. Walking to the game in Philly. Didn't they, they boo snow- Santa Claus? They threw snowballs and batteries at Santa Claus. Yeah, and then they had a. They're, they're, I don't know if they still do in the new stadium, but the, the old stadium, the vet had a jail and a judge on standby judge. at the games to be able to throw down the, the law at all the idiots that were acting up at games. Yankee Stadium has that too. Uh, Eric in Jersey Village says LeBron fans are the worst. Toyota Center had the holding tank. Agreed. Willhouse fan. I think everybody has a holding tank. Do they? I think so. Because I was watching an episode of King of Queens once, and they had one at Chase Stadium, so I know all about it. Because I think that, like they, <laughs> if it's just like disorderly drinking, they try not to send people to jail all the time. Yeah, I'm sure they, just they sober do. them up, and then it's they also let them a go. Pain in the ass for all of them to go through. All yeah, of them. I think it's just like you put them in a cage, and then you. Lebron, let them go. Lebron only fans are pretty bad. They're the oh, worst. Oh boy, we got one as an intern. Oh, we Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, he is a big. He is a that big is Le- you. You talk about. Uh, only fans pages, only LeBron pages. Because like, out the thing there. with LeBron is, it's just so weird. Because like they, and this is just like the younger generation of basketball fans. I don't really like to be honest. They don't root for teams anymore. Yeah, I know they, they root, root for players. They root for players. Very My true. younger brother's a Steph Curry fan. Like he'll root for Steph Curry over the Rockets. It's like, what are you doing? Right. You've lived in Houston. But your if whole Steph life. Curry went to any team, like it just doesn't matter where Steph Curry goes. And I, I like Steph's probably my favorite non-Rocket. Like I like Steph as well, but I'm not rooting for Steph he, Curry over the Rockets. And I can give you the the personal example of that, which is when Rodgers was quarterback in the Packers, all in. I couldn't stand him off the field at the end, but all in when he played for the Packers. I want him to crap the bed and roll in it. 
for the next two years. Because you left, you did a lot of making your own way out, and now I wish you nothing but the worst. Go, you know, go trip over your own. I, I have no interest in in rooting for Aaron Rodgers. You know, what I like about the Aaron Rodgers fans is like at this station, Aaron Rodgers did not lose a fan. Like he lost a fan, but he gained a fan. Hmm, so he like he true. still has one fan at the station. It's true. It is you know true. what I mean? Yeah. So like Aaron Rodgers still but the has love and being support Brett for the Favre, station. Who was basically pushed out. I still rooted for Brett Favre to do well hit the rest of his career. I think there is a little bit of a difference. Like when you have a, a player that you, you love and root for on your favorite team and they leave when it's not their choice. I don't mind no. if you kind of follow that fan. You felt that way with Jay Cutler. Yeah. I love uh, Jay Cutler. I didn't like Jay. Really? Did you like him on reality television? Very uh, he, was okay. he was okay. My wife <laughs> they got watched that. I watched it too because of my wife. Uh, certainly because of oh, my sure, wife. Oh, sure. Blame the wife. One, two, nine, six. Wheelhouse fans are straight garbage. Killer Bees for life. Love that. Mm, I'm a fan of the Wheelhouse. I'm a big fan of the Wheelhouse. Are you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I you am. don't even listen to them. I listen to their first segment. <laughs> Sometimes. See if I'm right. Sometimes. A lot of times you're saying, yeah, I don't listen to that. 713-780-ESPN. Will a bit. Let's see what the Will and what Joe George have in store for the Killer Bees today on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. One must go. Here's Joel and Jeremy and Joe. <laughs> what did S2D2 say? One must go. One must go. Only one. That's good. It's better than two. Uh... Rob Manfred? Gone. Roger Goodell? Adam Silver. This is an easy one. Next segment, please. Do you have more than one today? Yeah, I can. You better. You, you have can? To. You, you better because you know exactly where he and I are going. Do you, you have more you, than you, one? You, yeah, I can. Okay. This is a no-brainer. Really? I think some people would say Adam Silver. No. What? He's the one that Freaking ran his sport into the way. ground. Nope. Nope. And new. Yeah, it's Robert Manfraud. Rob Manfraud, without a doubt. Bye bye. See you later. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Am I wrong for not hating Roger Goodell? Roger Goodell has done nothing wrong. Yeah, I think he gets like, way too much hate. I think he's he's got suspensions wrong. Like Alvin Kamara did like his no contest today or whatever. Or did he? Community service, fine. The and but he'll probably that, give it like five games. But isn't that kind of binary? Like, the way that they've now negotiated it with the new CBA, isn't it kind of, like, cut and dry what you leads can, to a suspension and how many games leads to a suspension? Yeah. So, like, he, he's not really in charge there. I, I think when you yeah when you talk about – you can talk about past precedents and you can look at all the things that go into it, but you have to look at who makes those decisions. And, and can he ever overrule versus is he supposed to be the ruler that makes the decision? And I think the one thing that I look at with him, there, and there's a lot you can point to it with Goodell, I don't think it's been to the drastic levels of incompetency where I'd say he has to go. But I think the Daniel Snyder situation was handled extremely poorly, but you have to remember that the commissioner is supposed to be on the side of the owners. Yeah. He, he tried to protect him. He tried to deflect it and go at Gruden. He tried to say that no matter what, he's not releasing the emails and all the things that they have that they basically could have blasted a lot of guys in the league and made the whole brand look terrible, but he's supposed to protect the owners. But I think that as much as I'm not a huge fan of his, I don't think he loses his job the way I think Rob Manfred. Does. Goodell has also grown the game. Like, look how much, look how much money they make. And like you said, he's working for the owners. He has made these owners tons of money. 
uh, like Goodell's done his job. Like the fans might not always like him for a lot of the reasons that you said, but the NFL has grown. The money is unbelievable. The owners like him for what he's done. Like I'm not kicking See, out this Goodell. Is, this is one we go back to our conversations where we say, hey, for ownership, winning is just icing on the cake. It's about the bottom line. Not one owner, no matter what bad decision or whatever Goodell has been tied up into that could be a negative, not one owner is sitting there knocking down the door to get rid of him or start a massive smear campaign to say he can no longer be commissioner because they know he's making them cake. Okay, I'm going to – when when sometimes it takes the Twitch chat to, a while to come up with good points, mm-hmm. but we'll give Largo credit here. Who? Mark, Largo. Oh. Mark he, Emmert. Yeah. If it was him versus – Manfred, because I think that's tough because what the NCAA has become is a disaster. I mean, they basically don't even they don't even have a football championship anymore. They never did. Like it's they never did. Though. Is it was it always the BCS was separate like BCS, it is now? Yes. Before okay. that, you had bowl games and the voters d- declared the that's national true. championship. Football's always been independent. But like, from the, the NCAA, NCAA is a giant disaster. Like there's really there's nothing there's. Not a lot of great things going on. Like NIL is not good. Now you've got USC is going to sue. Like their players are going to sue like their board and a bunch of like the NIL people. And they're going to try to unionize. Northwestern tried to unionize. Northwestern's a joke. Bob Huggins, all that stuff going on. Like the NCAA is just like. uh, I mean, Huggins and the Northwestern stuff. They're separate, but like. It has nothing to do with it. But like realignment, NIL. All that stuff is so bad. It's also out of the hands of the NCAA. What what stinks about the NCAA is they really don't have any power. Like they they institute some of these rules with like eligibility, transfer portals, things like that. But in terms of conference realignment, they have no say there. Now that they've allowed NILs, they really don't have any say there. In fact, some of these colleges are like, oh, don't listen to your state law, listen to us, and the states are laughing at them. Like, yeah, okay, you can't do that. But I can't go away from Robert Manfred. Everything that I Robert Manfred does is a disaster. Even There's, the way he speaks. Yeah, I, I know that it's been a completely run amok out of control NCAA, but it doesn't, to me, come close to just all the blatant missteps and the way they misstepped uh, with you, with Rob Manfred. Are you surprised that he's still in power? Manfred? Yeah. <laughs> No, because you know why? Because the big cities and the big teams know that he's got their back. Yeah, because he fell on the sword. He did, and he made the Astros the poster boy, and he, he fell on the sword, and he protected the Yankees, yeah. and he protected the Dodgers. And he's done it more than once. Yes, he has. Like, he, he did it with the Apple Watch. He, he did, did it with, with the, the letter. letter. Like he, and he even leaked that out to, like, that new, the Andy Martino guy, wasn't it? Of the New York whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, got, gave him a soft landing. He gave himself, like, a runway on that before they, un, like, revealed the letter. Uh, you're right. Like he's he's helped out the big markets. He's tried to he gave he themselves the big a fish show. and he keeps swimming. Yeah. So he, he's taken care of most of the owners and the big market owners. Baseball is also like the ratings are up in baseball, aren't they? Like yep, the tension's up. good. Like the money's fine. More like teams baseball, are in it. it's more teams are so in more it. More markets pay attention. It's the clear cut second most popular professional sport in America. Um, so overall, I get. I mean, I don't think anybody really likes Manford, other than the owners not named Jim Crane. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that he hasn't been getting – like, he hadn't gotten the axe. He hasn't got got. Now, Silver, you bring up the good point. Because if you're looking at the finances of it, the NBA – now, they have a good TV deal. Oh, the TV deal's massive. The TV deal's really good for the NBA. Probably better than they should have gotten. Everything else has kind of fallen off with the NBA. So, it's fair to hold Adam Silver's feet but to the fire. It is, but he can't create the next coming of LeBron, Michael, Kobe – 
you know, at a certain point, the game will be transcended and, and taken to the next level by the level of players and play on the court. He still maintains a way to bring in sponsors and income and, and has a ton of support for the league, regardless of how the quality of the games and the talent of the individual athletes has, has suffered. So you really think this, it's suffered that much? Because I yeah. guess I strongly disagree with you. I do. Like I do. It's, the talent's never been better. I don't think so. Like I think you have maybe I would agree with that. The more talent from one through twelve is better than it was years past. But the up, upper echelon, top tier of player, I think, has suffered greatly compared to when you can put put it up against the eras with the guys that were leading the league from a player perspective. I mean, like KD, LeBron, Steph Curry, like this can be three of the greatest basketball players of all time. KD, who has been hurt more than he's played in the last several years and hasn't done anything to like take his game to a level to carry a team. You know, Steph, you can make the argument for sure. And who was the third? LeBron. I think a lot of it's players. LeBron's on the too. downside of his career. LeBron actually was the reason why he was carrying the league with Adam Silver previously. It's just at a certain point, you got to pass the torch. And that's my point. There's no one to pass it to right now. Yeah, but that's not Adam Silver's fault. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. exactly the point I'm making. But I think, like, I think player yeah. movement also hurts too, though. Like, you're watching it right now. Damian Lillard's like, oh, I'm not going to go play anywhere but Miami. Like, these, these players, yeah, they're, they're deciding where they go. And, and it's like, okay, what is the value of having a star because they could leave tomorrow and they can also dictate where they're going. I think that rubs people the wrong way a oh, little absolutely bit. It does. And I think I think a lot of times too like sports, like we talk about this a lot, sports radio is like the candy store of uh of radio. Like you go to sports to to you know to it, it's it's chill, it's light, it's not heavy. And I think that the NBA brought a lot of politics that were heavy, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, oh. that people don't yep. want politics in their sports. It's true. And, the and, NBA and I'll give did you another that. one. I know exactly where you're going with that and I'll give you another one on top of that. That is load management. That is when you allow healthy players that are the best players in your sport to sit out multiple games when they mean something to the fans, whether it be a national TV game or a game in a market on the road where, you know, everybody's watching and, you know, people are really spending high dollar to go see you and you healthy sit down in street clothes. And as a commissioner, you don't have a way to be able to say you're going to play. Mm-hmm. I think it's a problem, and it rubs people the wrong way. Baseball does that too, but like we're we're, we're more willing to accept it with baseball because well, it's play, kind of the nature of the sport. They play double the game. Yeah, they do. They do. But the NBA, like, it's a little more taxing, right? Like, isn't it more difficult to play 48 yeah. minutes of an NBA game than think. it is nine innings of a baseball 100%. game? So, like, I think it evens out. So it's like, like how how grueling is playing a baseball game? Because the NBA, the, the difference is, is that Major League Baseball, like they take days off like once a week. The NBA, they automatically take off games when they play back to back. The NBA has expanded their schedule to a lot to 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 decrease the amount of back to backs. Like they've done everything they can to get these guys to play more, and then the players just find another reason not to play. Do you think you start to see load management more in the NFL? Because I think you will. I think eventually we will see not load management in the NFL through the regular season until week 17. I think we will get to a point where we will see teams experiment with the idea of the Kansas City Chiefs were already the number one seed. Uh Why am I going to have Isaiah Pacheco 
play week 17 and 18 when we're already locked in. I mean, you see that, you've, you've seen that a lot in the past. Some I mean, teams' philosophies, once they've clinched a division or clinched a bye, like, okay, let's sit our starters. I think you're going to start to see more, because now you're playing 17 games in 18 weeks, one more game, you haven't added another bye. People are more concerned about health. And, like, we've already seen snap counts go way down. Mm-hmm. Like, no one plays 100% of snaps unless you're the quarterback or the offensive line. So, and that's just well, on one side of the let's also be honest, ball. you don't want to be the guinea pig. The league that's already done it, has laid the groundwork for you to do anything close but I to think, it. I think we've already seen this happen in, like, in a discreet way. I think some of those players that are questionable a lot, in the past they would have been no doubters, we're going to play. Yeah. Now it's like, eh, we know we have 17 games in 18 weeks. If you're a team that's really good and you know you're yeah. a playoff team, I think Sitting you're starting up. to see a lot more of those guys I was going to say, situation matters. Schedule, yeah. time of the year, and where your team sits in the standings all factor in to where... But again, the NBA used to do that too. Plantar fasciitis was everybody's sure. excuse for load management. I think we've subtly seen load management in the NFL with snaps that players are playing and some of these questionable guys missing more often because they know it's a longer season now. I think Dusty, as much as he's been an old-school manager, has, has basically modernized the game, if no other way, by creating a way to load manage. The other thing with snap counts, though, is like if the NBA just followed that business model, people wouldn't care as much. So, like, okay, yeah. I, my... Will Anderson this week is a little banged up, so he's going to take 15 less snaps than he mm-hmm. normally does. Okay, if Kawhi Leonard just played 15 less minutes and only played 20 minutes yep. instead of 35 minutes in a game, people wouldn't complain as much. You might be onto something. Like, it, if it they probably... just played but didn't play the whole game, like, mm-hmm. who would care? And it might give your team a better chance to win, right? Like, if you have, let's say you have a back-to-back or you have two games in three days, and you, let's use Kawhi Leonard as the example. You know that Kawhi Leonard's going to give you 36 minutes in those two games. Is it better for Kawhi Leonard to play 36 minutes in one game and none of the other? Or is it better for Kawhi Leonard to play 18 minutes in both games? Fans would say 18 minutes because you can't use that argument, those fake sad signs that people make. They try to make the NBA feel bad that I love, where it's like we drove all the way from Austin, Texas to see LeBron James play and he's not playing. Like those are fake, but like also (laughs) they have a point. Yeah, I like the, uh, the burn though. Uh seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. What what are the Willies gonna open their show with in their opening segment? And do you mess around with Prime Day? Today's Prime Day. It is day. Do you mess yeah. around with Prime Day? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. One thing that you should be messing around with is uh, the contest that Circa has running. The Circa Million and the Circa Survivor are back. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Yes, $14 million. And guess what? There's no rake. Who does that? Circa does that. The biggest football contest in Las Vegas are back for their fifth year only at Circa Sports. Head to Circa, enter in Vegas, and then the beauty of it, you can play from anywhere throughout the football season, your couch, work, wherever, because you can play anywhere once you enter in Vegas. The Circa Million Football Contest was $6 million in total prizes, quarterly payouts, 100% payback, no rake, where else can you find that? And the top prize is $1 million guaranteed. $1,000 to enter, maximum five entries. You pick five teams against the spread weekly. The winner takes home $1 million. Your chance to be a millionaire. The Circus Survivor, with their biggest prize yet, $8 million. It's simple. Pick a winner straight up, no spread, and win big. 
$1,000 entry, maximum 10 entries. Be the lone survivor, and a guaranteed $8 million is yours. Bigger money than ever before. Play today for your share of $14 million in guaranteed prizes. The contests are open now. You don't want to miss out. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Yeah, that's me. Um, Somebody texting in, who would uh, win a pull-up contest? Blankers or Branham? I read this the wrong way the first time. I thought he meant like a pull-up jumper contest. No, I think it's a real pull-up. I also can't, I mean, honestly. How many could you do in your athletic prime? I was going to say, I haven't done a pull-up forever because they're never, they used to be part of the conditioning. Pull-ups are in my workout routine. Are they? Yeah, but I don't work out. Like, like, I have a workout routine that when I am working out, I follow, but I don't work out very often. I I do pull-ups. The most I've ever done, though, is like 15. Like, at once. But that was like whenever I was not as big as I am now, you know. You can't eat your way to a good body. And then uh, I was working out like every day. That was at my best. Right now, if I did, I think I, I would be I would be happy if I did five or six right I was going right to say now. five or six I would be fine with too because I haven't done them in forever. Yeah. So, yeah, if that's how we're judging it. I thought, he meant a, I thought at first he meant a uh, like a pull-up pull up jumper, jumper contest, which like I would a go midi. With, I would go with you. I was not a good shooter. I was more of a pass-first point guard. You had better defense. handles than Vic Wembanyama. Yeah. I was very. I was a streaky shooter, but I was not a good shooter. I was more. Um, I was a pass-first first, first uh, point guard. You were Johnny Stockton. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put myself in Stockton shoes. Did I was you make more, free throws. Yeah, I can make free throws. Okay. I can make free throws. Um, I was like Sergio Lul. <laughs> um. Two three four one. Did you really pull that name out of your back <laughs> sure pocket? Did. Wow. Two three four one said. Here, here's the counterpoint, uh, Joe, to the, the the Kawhi Leonard split his thirty six minutes into two games. Player stats would be affected. Now, there's the trump card because players wouldn't go for that because they don't want their, their points per game, their rebounds per game to be affected. That's real. Yeah, it's real. So that's that that's very the counterpoint. Real. I've been in locker rooms where I found Do out you, how real it is. It's the trump card. Two three four one. You're absolutely right. Great point. Do you think that the rules that Rob Man, I mean, uh, that Adam Silver has put into play about how you have to play, like, what is it, like 65 games to be MVP? First team NBA. First team NBA. Uh, like, that's going to really affect people's wallets. I think it is will, it going to have a positive effect? I think it will have a positive effect, and I think it will matter until the players realize, certain players, not all players, certain players realize they're not going to hit that threshold. Because, like, let's again use Kawhi Leonard as an example. If he misses. You know, eight games out of the first 16 games, it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm on pace. I'm not getting anywhere close to that. That little carrot is it's gone. You don't have a carrot anymore. Do yeah. we? I do think we players see? are going to monitor themselves from a financial aspect and go, if I've already t- had real injuries that put me behind the eight ball here, then this is a year or, it's a wash for me. Or you have a slow start and you realize that you're not going to get an award anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the carrot now? The carrot's gone. Do we see, like, Kawhi Leonard play a game for a minute and then check out? And that counts. Ooh. Well, it's gonna hurt his. It's gonna hurt his per games. It, it will. It'll hurt. Like, yeah. It'll hurt. To Jeremy's point, it'll hurt the averages that put you in a category to win an award. Yeah. But to your point, Joe, if you're like one game teetering, yeah, it can help. I think like, it's one game, one like five games. If Kawhi played five minutes over five games, yeah, and he's one of the best players in the NBA, is that going to stop him from getting All NBA? No. I think you could see it. 
late in seasons. Yeah. It's like, I need two games to play. Wait. These are the last two. I probably shouldn't be playing, but I'm going to check in for a minute. Like, we saw that was like, Cal Ripken. Like, Cal Ripken, yeah, when yeah. he was chasing the Ironman streak, he'd play, like, four or five innings a game, and they'd, they'd sub him out. So, like, you, I, I think you will. I, I think you will see that be played with a little bit. Um, but that's to my point about Adam Silver, that he's trying. He's trying to find some kind of way to combat load management. Now, from a Greg Popovich standpoint, he's going to do exactly what you said. He's going to go back and suit up his best players. They're going to take the floor for a minute. He's going to sit them all down and go, well, they played. They played. They suited up. They took the court. It's all you wanted me to do. That's going to be so funny. I can't wait to hear Adam Silver react to that. There's going to be some manipulation of that rule, for sure. For sure. I will say, I think he's like the least out of touch uh, commissioner. You know, like if you listen to like his interviews he would do on like Dan Patrick before uh, the NBA owners or governors, mm-hmm. sorry, be politically correct here, um, before they ruled against the minor the, the high scores entering the draft, Adam Silver was the one like banging the drum. He was the one saying like, like we're going to open this up, we're going to have a double draft in 2024, the high scores are going to come in and then the governor shut it down. Like they immediately nope, we're not doing that. I think he's more out of touch with his league than anyone else. I think he's an idea guy. I think he throws a lot of ideas out there and tries to have a couple of them hit. Maybe that's maybe we're saying the same thing in two completely different ways, though. Yeah, like he's just going to keep throwing stuff out and hopefully, yeah. hopefully, like one or two he things. He has a couple big ideas. Stick. Yeah, I think on the silver standpoint, different than what we were talking about when we were talking about Manfred and when we were talking about Goodell, is he is technically representing the owners. He gets the respect and the love of the players because he's constantly looking out for them to make more money and have more opportunities to make endorsements, to get money, and and he's trying to take care of their well-being, which the players appreciate. I'm curious what the player reaction is to the jaw suspension because it seems to be mostly negative. A lot of people feel like he went out of bounds. The director of the Players Association said it was too harsh and that something needs to be done about it. I think a lot of guys, if you just asked them privately and they'd have to put their name on it, they were like, when you do it the first time, it, you don't. You can't be too harsh. When you do it again, after you said you weren't going to do it again, and you learned your lesson, and you got therapy, and you did all these things, that's on you. Yeah. Uh, do you mess around with Prime Day? Today is Prime Day. If you're not familiar, do you mess around with Prime Day? I don't. I don't. Really, really at don't. all? I don't. And I, I found out by watching the news and all the be careful for these scams and how they scams. scam you. Oh, my God. There's Who's scamming? So Channel 2 did a whole, uh, a whole segment on... The fact that between emails and the way that they use Amazon's like uh, heading on their emails and everything like that, that there are ways that they get you in. What if you just go to Amazon.com? There's I feel still, like you can avoid that. Somehow there's ways that they were talking about. There's five things to look out for. There's ways huh. that they can still attack you and or all the way to the delivery of the package they can get to you. Um, but I, I just I, it's not like it used to be. I'm not an Amazon Prime guy. I, I didn't realize there was the- deals per hour. Yeah, I didn't either. I bought a couple of things today on Amazon Prime Day. I can't remember what I bought, though. That's a little scary. I bought, I think I bought, oh, I bought, like, stupid stuff. Like, I bought replacements for my toothbrush. Like, I use the mechanical toothbrush because they're, like, much, like, half off. Like, why wouldn't I buy that? And I think I bought uh, the rechargeable batteries. Okay. So, like, you know, things that I'm going to need that I was able to get more affordable today. It's a shrewd move by Branham. Uh, What's the wheelhouse leading off with today? Uh, We're going to say... 
Corbett getting booed at the All-Star game. No. They're going to talk about how it's Dalton Schultz's birthday. He's going to be the greatest tight end the Houston Texans have ever had and how he's going to help them win nine games. All right, that does it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He's blank on Brandon. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. The Will House is next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.